Pastor Xavier Reese and his diagnosis of what's wrong with today's Christians. The teacher asked the following question, what is false doctrine? Up went a little boy's hand. It's when the doctor gives the wrong stuff to people who are sick. Although the little boy had obviously confused doctrine with doctrine, he arrived at the correct definition. There are a lot of people in church being given the wrong things, and they're spiritually sick. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. King Solomon warned his son, The writing of many books is endless, and excessive devotion to books is wearying to the body. But that kind of advice seems to contradict what we tell our children today. Well, in his current study in the book of Colossians, Pastor Xavier Reese examines the quest of worldly knowledge over that of spiritual insight. Here he is with today's lesson, The Insufficiency of Philosophy. Let's listen. The number of brilliant men that have lived on this earth is impressive. And some have ventured to tell us about God, the world, and the purposes of man, such as Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, and many others. But when you place them next to Jesus Christ and compare to what they have said, it is sheer speculation about God. Philosophy and philosophers are not God's revelation of truth, but elements by which people attempt to find meaning to life and then profess that it's a way to God. The doctrinal section of Colossians is given to us from verse 15 of chapter 1. To chapter 3, verse 4. Within that doctrinal section, we have the polemic section combating the heresy, and it is the heart of the epistle, and it begins in verse 8 of chapter 2, down to verse 23. The ideas of philosophy being sufficient for life is contrary to God's truth. Paul is warning the Colossians of the insufficiency of philosophy, which is characterized by three things here. Let me read the one verse. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. It's characterized by three things. The proclamation of the insufficiency of philosophy. First, the warning against philosophy in the first part. Secondly, the source of philosophy in the middle. And then at the end, the contradiction of philosophy. And so he begins by the warning about philosophy. Notice first that deception was dangerous. The apostle warns the Colossians by telling them to beware it is a clear warning to be cautious and on their guard in view of the imminent danger. It is not hypothetical. Let me, let me tell you something. The Bible throughout the New Testament, as well as the Old, warns the believer. The Bible does not warn the non-believer to be careful. It tells him to repent. 
All warnings are to believers who have come to Christ because the opposition in this life is to take you away from Christ. It's real simple. The caution is directed at the false teachers of Colossae who were denying the sufficiency of Christ. They were saying, Christ is fine. He's one of the emanations, and, but, but he's not enough. You need to go beyond him. Let me tell you, you go beyond Christ, you go beyond God. You miss him. There's nothing you can add to Christ. Now, the caution would also serve to anyone who would try to take them away from Christ in whatever way in the future. It's a principle. It's an immediate, real warning to the real situation at hand, but it also stands as a principle for life. Men, things, situations will be there to take me from Christ. And so I have to be constantly on the lookout. Notice secondly here that the deception was decisive. Their goal is to cheat the Colossians. And the word cheat is made up of two words. The first one means booty taken in victory. The second word means to lead or to carry. When you combine the words, it means to plunder or make spoil of a person. The word regularly was used for taking a captive in war as booty. That's an interesting use because we are in a warfare. And it's a good warfare. And the enemy is not flesh and blood. Though the enemy uses instruments of flesh and blood, even as God is not flesh and blood, but he uses instruments of flesh and blood. That's the reality. The word was used of a slave dealer carrying people off. Now, when you see slaves being carried off, you never think they're going at their own free will. They're forced in some way. So all these things give us a better understanding from all perspective. What is the goal of philosophy, of the teachings of man, as we will see? Now notice the Apostle Paul is depicting the false teachers as men-stealers, spiritual kidnappers. Men are taken captive at Satan's will, 2 Timothy 2.26 says. Men take captive gullible women loaded down with sins, 2 Timothy 3.6 says. Men by covetousness will exploit people with deceptive words, and many will be merchandised by these false teachers, 2 Peter 2.3 says. The thing about deception is you don't know you're deceived. Have you ever seen somebody say, well, yeah, I'm deceived. I like it. I'm deceived. No. <laughs> Notice thirdly here. The deception was subtle. The method is through philosophy, and the word philosophy, again, is made up of two words. Phileo, describing fondness of love, mental love, and Sophia, wisdom. You combine them, it means the love of wisdom. Now, the word appears in this form only this time in the New Testament, and one other time in a different form, philosopher, in Acts 17, 18, when Paul preached there at Athens to the philosophers. The word philosophy is preceded by the article identifying the specific heresy at Colossae right here. What is it? The love of wisdom. Philosophy 
stands in direct contrast to the true wisdom of God, which is Christ. It stands for love of wisdom more than love for Christ. Paul is saying to the Colossians that human philosophy desires to seduce them, to spiritually rape them of their chastity in Christ, leading them captive from the simplicity of Christ. And he tells that to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11, 2 through 3. He said, I have espoused you as a chaste virgin to Christ, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that you might be taken away by the subtlety of the enemy, even as Eve was taken away subtly by the enemy. Now, the same article that precedes the word philosophy identifies the heresy at Colossae there. It also identifies the second noun, deceit. One article for both nouns. The word deceit has the idea of bait or trick, to ensnare someone through delusion by giving them a false impression either by appearance or by influence. Fishermen do that all the time. They put a worm on the hook. They're telling the fish, look what you can get. But they're not talking about the hook. They're talking about the worm. But the worm is only the attraction to blind them to the hook. It is used of deceitfulness of riches that choke out the word of God, the word, in Matthew 13, 22. It is used of our old life deceiving people to fulfill our lust in Ephesians 4, 22. Remember? We all run after the course of the world. And it didn't take us long to learn the how-to-do's. It is used of the deceitfulness of sin in Hebrews 3.13. Sin is fun. If it wasn't, we wouldn't do it. But it's deceptive. Sin says this. Listen. You are the exception. You can handle that. You know how far to go. Yes, others get consequence, but you, you are sharp. <laughs> and it dangles the worm in front of you. David thought he could get away with it. Sin is deceptive. It promises you immediate gratification with no consequences. What a lie. What a lie. These heretics, with their combined Judaistic and Gnostic philosophy, were desiring to ensnare the Colossians by removing them from Christ. Subtle. The attempt was trickery by the love of man's wisdom and words and the ideas that were mere speculation about God and his word. They sound so appealing. All subjective truth must be judged by God's objective revelation. Never forget that. All subjective truth must be judged by God's Objective revelation. Subjective things have no absolute standard or measure. What are you measuring them to? And so nobody's wrong. Everybody's right. And to judge someone would be wrong. So you got to be tolerant, indifferent. Learn from everybody something. Why? Sounds like our public educations. 
These words and ideas result in taking captive men and blinding them to the truth of God. Paul the Apostle puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 4.4, that the God of this world has blinded them, lest the light of the glorious gospel come upon them. It's a blindness. Now, though the noun, deceit, identifies the method, it also identifies the goal of the philosophers and philosophies. What? To deceive. To take you unawares. Now, this goes for all religions. Jehovah Witness tell us that there's no such thing as the Trinity. They translate John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was a God. The article there. There is no sane Greek scholar that would testify to that. There is no article there. They've been asked many times who their Greek scholars are. They don't give their names. Because they have none. They say there's no eternal punishment. You just die and that's it. Hey, if there's no punishment, let's party. Mormons tell you that they've recovered the lost gospel. I never knew God could be such a bad steward to lose his gospel. <laughs> Their Jesus is not your Jesus. Their Jesus is half-brother to Satan, once Adam, now glorified to be God. A different gospel. You can continue the list. God's word is based on truth, for God cannot lie. Now notice the quality of the content of this deceit is identified as empty. The word means hollow, fruitless, void of truth, void of power and hope, contrary to the gospel. It offers much but delivers little. If you were in the world long enough, you know the world offers and promises much, but it can deliver very, very little. The word is used of things that will not succeed, that are of no purpose and will result and no effect, senseless, useless. To the Greeks, philosophy was the highest effort of an intellect, of virtue. They worshiped the brain. But we worship the brain today, right? The God of Baal, intellect. The God Molech, the God of pleasure. The God of mammon, power. Same gods are worshiped today. No different. Listen to what Paul tells Timothy. Oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, epinosis, same word here. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith, 1 Timothy 6.20. How many individuals have been swept away by intellectualism or by humanism, by man's wisdom, having been exposed to the gospel? If the potential is not there, why the warning? If it's not a reality, then why do we have to fight against spiritual deception? In an examination at a Christian school, the teacher asked the following question. What is false doctrine? Up went a little boy's hand, and there came this answer. Listen. It's when the doctor gives the wrong stuff to people who are sick. <laughs> Interesting. Although the little boy had obviously confused doctrine with doctrine, he arrived at the correct definition. There are a lot of people in church being given the wrong things. And they're spiritually sick. 
Not the word of God, not the truth of God. Paul told the Corinthians the following. 1 Corinthians 1, 19-23. Listen to him. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jew and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Paul says that if they, would have, they could have concluded that Jesus Christ was God, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. God cannot be found out through intellect. He's revealed. He's revealed by the Son. No one else can reveal him. Philosophy is, in its technical sense, is used for the conscious endeavors of thought by speculative process to interpret the whole of human experience as a consistent systematic unit, which would be the ultimate truth of all that may be known. And so man is real. Some of you are in universities. You have your philosophy classes. They're wild, aren't they? The classical use, usage is the overall interpretation of the universe from particular viewpoint, such as Plato, Aristotle, his disciples, or Socrates. So it's like psychology. You have thousands of different fields. They all declare to be the way. A system has to be consistent. It can't contradict itself. All philosophies do. All psychologies do. Thomas Aquinas saw philosophy as an overall interpretation of the universe secured only by reason. Here's the key. Apart from special revelation, the Bible. That's good. <laughs> it's like you trying to add up your checkbook and you've got a stinking check missing. What happens? You can't balance your checkbook. Any guess you want is going to be wrong. What are the chances that your guess is going to be absolutely right? Well, I just, I think my balance will be $1,000. I'm put it down. Well, good. But don't start writing checks. Man thinks his opinions are fact, and he starts writing checks for life, and they bounce. There's nothing in the deposit. Modern critical philosophies, positivist and analysts define philosophy as the attempt to investigate and clarify meaning and relationships rather than to attempt to arrive at any ultimate truth. And that's what we're caught up with, relational philosophies, because it makes you look compassionate, interested, but you have no absolute truth. Why? Because for the most part, philosophers have despaired in the search of ultimate truth. Because to them, there is no ultimate truth. So we live in a society of relativism. What's right for me may not be right for you. What may be wrong for you may not be wrong for me. So let's be tolerant. Let's be indifferent. Let's not judge one another. 
And if you think living with someone is all right, and I feel that you have to be married, then I shouldn't judge you. And if some people want to express their artwork by painting our church wall, that's the way they express themselves. And if you do it on drafting paper, that's your choice. Well, what a dumb comparison. That wall is mine, and it's costing me money. You see, when you don't have an absolute measure of truth, then nobody's wrong. And everybody's right in themselves. And what you've got is mass confusion. Look to our society today. You remember so far one of Job's miserable comforters. He was a philosopher. He said in Job eleven seven, Can you search out the deep things of God? They even sound intelligent, don't they? Paul told the Galatians, even if we preach another gospel or an angel come to you, let him be anathema, the strongest word of damnation in the Greek in Galatians 1.8. That's pretty heavy. Each person is responsible for their own deception and their own fight against deception, even as every young lady is a sentinel of her own purity. She can't blame nobody. She must guard her purity and trust no one until the day of her marriage. Josephus said there were three philosophies of the day. It's interesting the ones he mentions. Pharisees, Sadducees, Essenes. They were the religious groups. Why were they philosophies? He hit it right in the head because they did not really teach the word of God. They philosophized about God. How many times did Jesus says, you have heard, Sermon on the Mount, you have heard that it has been said, tradition, but I say to you, authority. People marvel. They say he teaches, not like the scribes and the Pharisees, but with authority. He didn't quote Rabbi Ishmael or whoever. He said, I say to you, that's authority. Now, we all have philosophies for life, and they consist of whatever beliefs we embrace, and they will guide us in life. And as we live our life out, we will see if they come directly from Scripture or from the wisdom of man. Time is the test of all things. Time. Paul says that we are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness, sanctification and redemption in 1 Corinthians 1.30. In Him... That's the key. Not beyond him. And that is why Paul told Timothy when he left him in Ephesus in 1 Timothy 1.3 that he was to tell some, command some not to teach any other doctrine. Now, people would not embrace that today. They would say, well, who do you think you are? You think you're the only one right? When it comes to things of God? Yes, the Word of God is right. The only one right. And he said that because some of them were desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they said nor the things they affirm in 1 Timothy 1.7. Deceivers don't understand what they're saying, nor what they affirm. They just know it works to deceive. Jesus is the only way to God, the only name. John 14.6 and Acts 4.12. There is no other way. 
In him, Paul says, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, chapter 2, verse 3. Now, if in him are hidden, doesn't mean concealed, it means deposited. If they are in him, what are you doing looking elsewhere? Pastor Xavier Reese and the quest for truth, a truth that cannot be found in things of the world. There's still much more to come. That's next time. But if you won't be able to join us, you can pick up a copy of this study on CD. The title to ask for is The Insufficiency of Philosophy. It's available for only $4. And this is a great way to extend this ministry to others. So make sure you pass a copy along to your friends. And once again, the title to ask for is The Insufficiency of Philosophy. Or simply mention today's date. And you can request your copy by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it helps us when you include the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us gauge the impact of this ministry in your area. What's the secret to satisfaction? That's coming up when Pastor Xavier Reese continues his study in the book of Colossians. That's next time. Don't miss it. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com